BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. all welcome back to breaking beauty podcast it's september the leaves are getting a little crisper and are we having fun yet oh i think we're definitely having fun there's just so much going on and there's even so much going on in today's episode carlene we're gonna talk about some news first and then we actually have a very exciting interview with a dermatologist today where we're talking all about sensitive skin versus sensitized skin um but Mm, that comes with the cool air we all know that you know that before we get into all of that i just want to put a little request on our listeners radar and that is a little housekeeping job if you don't mind We would love it if you guys could find a minute or two to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because, you know, we wouldn't be podcasters if we didn't beg for a review now and then. So I feel like (laughs) it's really important that we do that. But honestly, it really makes our days when we hear from you guys. You can leave us five stars and write us an honest review about what you like or maybe what you'd like to see in future episodes. And just wanted to take a minute to give that a shout out because I hadn't done so in a while. I asked if you guys were having fun yet because there's so much going on in September. There's like so much excitement in the air. We've got Fashion Week. At the time that we're recording this, Jill, we just had the Met Gala and the VMAs and there's TIFF in Toronto and like there's just so much going on. And honestly, I feel inspired like seeing the looks that are circulating and Instagram is just on fire right now. Yeah. I'm loving it. Loving yeah. it. I feel like the whole summer, all we saw were pictures of Greece, people's new babies, <laughs> yes. people's baby bumps. Like, congrats to everyone, but I kind of just am over it. Like, I, it's yes. just not the content I want to see. And like, we're finally starting to see like lattes even on people's Instagrams because they can go to a coffee shop. Like, I'm here for it. But yes, I agree. The hair and makeup artists, all these people that we follow on Instagram, it's like, their feeds are just popping off again and I just can't get enough of it. Like I'm loving it. I feel so alive. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about the Met Gala because I know that this episode is dropping like quite a bit later. I just have one thing to say though. Is Megan Fox morphing into Dita Von Like I feel like she must have pictures of her on the inspiration where every time I see her, I have to do a double take. 
what? Their faces look completely different. I think that whole like pinup style that she wore to the Met Gala with like the suicide bang and mm-hmm. and the lips and her body has just really gotten sit. I personally was really inspired by all of the female athletes that were in attendance at the Met Gala. And I think that they're finally getting those moments to shine. Like Simone Biles was wearing a dress that weighed 80 pounds or something like that. And I feel like she mm-hmm. probably doesn't weigh much more than that. And yeah, yeah. we saw like Naomi Osaka and we saw Canadian. She's, I'm like loving her right now. Layla Fernandez. She was the runner up in the US Open and she just had a total glow up moment at the Met Gala. And she was wearing this Carolina Herrera dress that was like inspired by that iconic shot of Venus and Serena Williams from decades ago now wearing that black and white dress in Vogue. And I just feel like it's so amazing. And Megan Rapinoe with the purple hair, she's also a Shiseido ambassador now. So I just think Mm -hmm. it's really great that we're seeing all of these different types of iconic looks, iconic women, iconic people Mm -hmm. serving up all of these beauty looks and, you know, it's just interesting to see all of these types of people go through the quote unquote Hollywood machine. Mm-hmm. And it actually mm-hmm. reminded me of like a video that I was watching from Tinks, which of course is like TikTok's big sister. Everybody loves Tinks. And she herself is kind of like morphing into a bit of a celebrity slash influencer. Like she got mm-hmm. invited to every big party at New York Fashion Week. She's, you know, I don't know if she's at the Met Gala, but she's like, the one every brand wants to have on the front row right now. Mm. And she's been reflecting a lot on, she's like, I'm fascinated when a real person turns into a celebrity, like that moment Mm. that it kind of changes. Transitions. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was talking about the glam and how now she's like addicted to glam. She hires hair and makeup when she goes to a big shoot or she goes to Vegas for the weekend or New York And I just thought it was like such an astute observation. It's like, and I kind of saw it with these Olympians and tennis stars. They kind of got, went through that Hollywood machine. And it's like, damn, like, what if I could go through that? Like, wow, we would just all look so red carpet worthy like that, you know? Absolutely. It takes a village. That's what we used to always say in the the magazine days. Yeah. And a lot of Spanx. Yeah. Or skims. (laughs) And speaking of New York Fashion Week, I know Milan Fashion Week is starting today, but have you been paying attention to any of the shows like New York, London? I would just say thank you to all the front row editors who have finally stopped filming the entire shows on their reels or their Instagram stories. Like, I just don't care. Like, that type of content, (laughs) I really don't care about. But I like seeing the behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. I loved Larry David. He was front Uh row at a show and he literally had his ears plugged and was like covering (laughs) his eyes while the... Models were brought walking Reality down the check. runway. And I was like, is he filming an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Like, I oh, love that yes, man. But yes. that does kind of mimic how I feel sometimes watching when people would right. just put like reams and reams of these models in these clothes with no context. Like, it just doesn't translate on Instagram yeah. for me. Yeah. But yeah. I do love that all these hair and makeup artists and people in the beauty world have a chance to kind of flex their muscles again and show what they can do. And that I love and that I am inspired by. But do I care about what's going to be happening in spring 2022? I can't say I do, but yeah. Yeah. What do you think? It's interesting because you were saying this to me because, you know, I've, I mean, I can't tell you how many trend reports I've produced that 
in the past that are, you know, timed right after Fashion Week happens and looking forward to what will the trends be in the next, you know, six months from now. And you were kind of saying, I just don't know how relevant that is anymore. And I mean, the Fashion Week calendar, obviously, this has been discussed so many times, but I think they kind of have to do that for retailers because they need a certain amount of lead time before they can get it in stores. And that's supposed to be the real reason for Fashion Week. But when it comes to hair and makeup, certainly it's like, just real talk, I think that idea of like looking ahead to what the trends will be in the spring, it's that's kind of dead. It's like mm-hmm. once it's on the runway, that's just the trend right now. Okay. And they're being inspired by like what they're seeing right now, what they're feeling right now. And I think, you know, the girl on the street is going to wear it tomorrow, right. not six months from now. Do you know what I mean? So I think right. we just need to call a spade a spade with that, right? I'm actually wearing a look today that I was inspired from the Ulla Johnson show. They called it Blooming Lips. And so it's this idea of just the color in the middle. It's kind of like that gradient. I'm doing it. This right. is my technique, Jill. Yes. I'm basically, it looks like I'm blowing bubbles and I have a lipstick like popping out of the center of my mouth, but they just use like a really beautiful spring shade that was like a, a shiny lip color right in the middle and then lip gloss all around the outer edges. And mm-hmm. so I was like, that is pretty. So I did it today, but I'm not going to wait six months and I'll probably yeah. forget about it six months from now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I do think it's kind of interesting. Like there was a beauty runway show that happened. It actually happened in the summer and it was led by Sharon Shooter, of course, the trailblazer, Sharon Shooter and Sir John, the makeup artist. So they partnered with Walmart and they did a beauty runway show in LA. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a first. And I think that is kind of exciting because it brings the excitement around a runway show, but like, you know, they cast real people, they wore real people clothes and they walked with quote unquote real personality. So that to me feels really fun and fresh. And you could Mm -hmm. just like walk off the runway and like wear any of the looks. So Mm -hmm. I just, I loved that concept of how they're, you know, taking the runway show, but evolving it to the 2.0. And, you know, she's just Mm -hmm. on fire. Like they just partnered with Morphe and they're launching into all the Morphe stores. So I think you're going to see Alma Beauty just taking over the world. It's like Ulta, Walmart. Even more. And Morphe stores. So lots happening. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, we had talked about this in our last episode, I think it was, or the episode before about how you know, with New York Fashion Week in particular, they're trying to bring more relevancy to the runway. And I think that idea of like, if it's about beauty, let's give beauty its own runway. Yeah. And I think with, you know, just getting back to New York Fashion Week, like, I think there are a lot of like newsworthy moments that use Fashion Week as a springboard to mm-hmm. kind because of, everybody's in one place. And so it's like announcing something new, celebrating something new. I loved that the Met Gala got tacked on to Mm -hmm. the end. We talked about whether that was going to be a success. I thought that was great. I know that Mac had an event to announce their new ambassador, Sawiti. So that was an event that happened. And I thought, I mean, who didn't have that song, Best Friend, in their head all summer? That was like the song of the summer for me. So I can't wait to see what her icy collection will look like. And Christian Siriano, the designer, announced that He's going to be the new designer for Gloria Vanderbilt, which Mm -hmm. they're bringing back, which I thought was really cool. 
Yeah, Amazing. I had no idea. So of course, that's like iconic for denim. And he's always had Kurt Anderson Cooper's mom. Yes, true fact. And he's always had like a lot of curvy models on the runway. Mm-hmm. He's always, you know, stand for curvy models. So he once again had that kind of representation on the runway and is bringing that into the Vanderbilt line, which of course will have a lot of denim. Yeah, I was so I'm say. so happy for him. And now a word from today's show partner, Flip. So knowing we're all beauty lovers around here, you guys definitely are going to want to know about a super cool shopping app that's going to save you money and time on some of the tippy top beauty brands we're always talking about. On our show, it's called Flip. The Flip app is basically what you'd get if Amazon and TikTok had a baby. So basically, it's a shopping app, but right inside the app, you can watch video reviews that show you exactly what to expect from the product from users just like you. We're talking good reviews, bad reviews, honest reviews from other people who have bought the product using the app. And like I said, they've got all the best brands, Kate Somerville, Hourglass, RMS Beauty, all for the best price out there. So you don't even have to shop around. I'm still using the RMS concealer. I learned about when we interviewed the founder of Rosemary Swift for our show. It's like a total hall of famers. So that's one hot item you can purchase on the app. The best part about using the Flip app is that they've got the best rewards program when you stack it up to all the rest. So you're earning shopping credits toward your next purchase, even while you're enjoying that best price guarantee. Enjoy free shipping and returns. And Flip also provides same-day shipping. Returns are super easy. You just stick the provided label on the box, schedule the return right in the app, and they'll scoot on over and pick it up. Now, Flip loves our show. They also love Breaking Beauty listeners. So they've offered us an amazing promo offer. You're not going to want to miss this. Use code GLAM30 for 30% off toward your first purchase, plus free shipping. Download Flip Beauty Shopping app in the App Store and Google Play today. Search for Flip Beauty Shopping app. That's F-L-I-P Beauty Shopping app. We'll link to that in our show notes and on our blog. Happy shopping. I'm Amanda Lippman. I run an organization called Run For Something. I wrote a book called Run For Something. And now I host this show also called Run For Something. My mission is simple. Find people who care about solving problems and help them run for office. Every Tuesday, I'll talk with amazing and incredible candidates and elected officials who are already making a difference. They're in local offices that might seem small and not so sexy, but are actually hugely important for your day-to-day life. Fixing our broken system will take all of us and people like you. Listen in every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, speaking of events and how they're kind of evolving, you had sent me a Slack and I was like, whoa, what's happening with BeautyCon? So maybe you could explain that. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people have been wondering that for quite some time. So the last BeautyCon happened in 2019. Obviously, 2020, nothing happened. And the last time that BeautyCon posted on their Instagram was in early 2020, I do believe. And of course, that was founded by Moj. And it was so iconic. Like it really, it really allowed the fanfare around beauty to come to life. So you can meet and greet your favorite YouTubers. There was people like Priyanka Chopra on the stage, Kim Kardashian. Like it was just a massive event, right? In the beauty world. Mm -hmm. But it definitely had a lot of hiccups along the way. There were people who worked there who like kind of outed a lot of complaints about working there. And I think even some of the talent said it was not a great experience. And people that 
went to BeautyCon and attended it, said that it was a horrible experience. So I think in essence, it definitely changed the beauty world, but it wasn't without its flaws. And so Mm -hmm. basically what ended up happening is that it's not returning in its former glory, so to speak. It was actually snapped up by Essence Ventures, like Essence Magazine. So Essence Ventures, they have the portfolio of Essence Communications, like Essence Magazine. They also, I believe he was one of the first, he was, Dennis Richelieu was the founder of Shea Moisture. Mm -hmm. And so now it has acquired the assets for BeautyCon. So I imagine that it will bring the excitement around BeautyCon and kind of spin it off into this uh, live event series that they had for Essence Magazine. I don't know if you ever Mm -hmm. saw the movie Girls Trip with Jada Pinkett Smith and I can't even remember who else is in it, but the whole premise of that movie is that they go to New Orleans to go to Essence Fest and like hilarity ensues. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see what they will do with that namesake and such an iconic brand in the beauty space. And Moj is, yeah, she's done. She's no longer part of it. And it'll be interesting to see if she stays in beauty or um, Mm -hmm. moves on to another venture. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they'll be bringing a lot more indie brands to the forefront and Mm -hmm. indie brands owned by women of color and black owned brands. I know that Dennis Richelieu, I'm pretty sure he's an angel investor in a lot of beauty brands as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of those are featured at BeautyCon. Well, it'd be really smart to use it as a like a launch pad. But having said all that, in all honesty, this might be an out of the frying pan and into the fire situation because I was just reading an article in the Daily Beast that says that Dennis Richelieu isn't an angel either. There's been plenty of complaints against him in his time at Essence, even allegations of sexual assault. Some influencers are actually really torn, some saying they don't want any part of it. But in many ways, the whole Essence brand is more vital than ever right now. So we'll see. Stay tuned for that. Before we move on to our interview today, Carlene, I just want to talk really quickly about some celebrity news. And I actually included a link in our shared Google document here. And I just want you to click the link and tell me who you think that person is. Okay. Oh, I know who that is. Wow. Okay. This is, what's her name from 90210? This is Aaron Spelling's daughter. What's her name? Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. This is Tori Spelling, but she looks exactly like Khloe Kardashian. Like she definitely brought in a picture and said, I want to look like her, but not at the hair salon, (laughs) at the plastic surgeon. Am I right? (laughs) Did you see this before? Oh, no, I did just, it? I just, okay. I was a 90210 diehard. That's who it is. But she is like Chloe's doppelganger. I'm so right? curious. Yes. I'm so curious if our listeners have seen this image. She's basically just like contoured the hell out of her nose. She's got waist length center part blonde wig. I imagine it's a wig. And she's literally wearing like an outfit that Khloe Kardashian would wear. It's like a denim one-piece jumpsuit kind of thing. Yes. Although I will say that it looks like her boob is like it really in the wrong position and like that zipper looks a bit painful. Yeah. I'm going to have to post this picture. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So she has denied all plastic surgery rumors, of course, but it's like page six is just not having it. You know what I mean? But she said to Jeff Lewis, who is a radio host on Sirius XM, she said, first of all, I have an amazing makeup artist now. Her name is Haley Hoff. And with just with contour, she does makeup like no one else. Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, like somebody else. I'll yeah. say somebody else. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm now I'm going to send you the split screen of these two. And it is just, it's crazy. Okay. The split screen is what we have to post on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And in our blog. Okay. And to me, both of these looks just seem really dated. Like, I don't know why you would go there. But again, we don't live in LA. So. Yeah. So it's guys, it's like really long blonde extensions, like bleached out extensions, like the super contour, the super tan. Yeah. The, yeah. The baking underneath the eyes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That's celebrity plastic surgery, allegedly (laughs) news. I know. I feel really bad for Chloe in a way. Like, when is she going to get invited to the Met Gala? Like all of her stupid sisters go and she never gets invited. Oh, Oh, it's like Cinderella. She never get like well, Kendall was there. Kylie didn't go, but it's because she probably has a baby bump. I don't know yeah. why she didn't go, but she wasn't there, but she was invited. And Kim was there. She went totally incognito black. Did you see what she was wearing? I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Chris yeah. Jenner goes like literally everybody has their moment except for Chloe. So justice for Chloe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, if they still had a show, I'm sure they would. That would be a great storyline. Yeah, what goes into... Well, they are getting another show I with I want to go to the Met Gala. I want to go to the Met Gala. <laughs> well, Courtney would probably get invited now, but she's like, doesn't. She's kind of just like, I don't care. Like, she's kind of going the opposite way. It's like, I just, I want to do my own thing. I don't really want to be like tied to this family in every situation. Well, it's pretty hard to literally be in the shadow of somebody who's wearing a head to toe black stocking. Like, how do you top that or compete for attention? You know, it's just that just kind of shut it down. But kudos to Kim for not falling down those stairs because, you know, that's definitely a skill. You were telling me Kylie's launching yet something else. I just saw on her Instagram yesterday and I have to say she looked stunning. She's dropping swimwear. And I was like, wow, her body in the photo shoot, it was like a behind the scenes moment. She was writhing around the floor. And I was just like, holy shit, she's come a long way. But you were saying she's dropping yet something else. Yeah, she's, well, of course, she just announced that she confirmed the rumors Mm -hmm. that she's pregnant with her second baby with, I believe it's Travis Scott. And that makes Stormy an older sister. And, you know, Stormy's going on three now. And of course, she needs products. Carleen. So Kylie is launching Kylie Baby and it's dropping on September 28th. So just in a little over a week, we haven't really seen many teasers yet of what the actual products will be, but I think it'll be like bubble bath and cleansers for kids. And I mean, it's a little bit unexpected. Cleansing brushes and all of that stuff. I hope she does a brush that gets under the nails. For for little babies? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess there is room for that. I mean, it's a little bit unexpected because normally it's like the Kristen Bells and the Jessica Albas of the world who are like mm-hmm. a little bit older. And they're like, well, when mm-hmm. I started using, when I had my kids, I only wanted to use organic products. So I'll be interesting to see the messaging around this. All I can say with packaging is do not come for Anna Sui's collection, who from the beginning did it right with like the black and the butterflies and like the shapes and everything looked like it was a doll collection right from the start. So don't even try to knock that off. We're on to the idea and we're (laughs) going to be watching for this. So don't even try that. (laughs) So that's the news. Now it's time to get personal. Yes, I had an incident. As you know, I test a lot of products around here for our damn goods episodes. I'm 
I'm not going to call out what product this was, okay? Because quite honestly, I'm not sure if it was the product or me that made the error. But I had a flare up, a really bad one. And what was interesting about it is that my face did not turn bright red. It didn't get a rash, nothing like that. It was just so itchy. It was so itchy. I could not stop scratching it. And it lasted for, it was my whole entire face. It lasted for two weeks. Even after I discontinued using the product, it was a vitamin C product. So Mm -hmm. just a word of warning is not just retinol that can cause you to react. You know, vitamin C is an acid. Yeah, L-ascorbic acid. You know, I came in hard and I came in fast and I was using it every night for like five nights. And then that's, things started to happen. I had to discontinue using it. So do you not normally use a vitamin C serum? Not all the time. Okay. No, I'm always testing this, that and everything. So sometimes I have to put vitamin C on hold because I'm using, I don't use it in conjunction with like other acids or if I'm testing a retinol. So Uh I'm kind of like here, there and everywhere, as you know. But anyway, so that was a big flare up for me. And so on that note... We have a special little phone a friend segment for you guys. It's a fun round of true or false on the topic of sensitive skin and sensitized skin because sometimes it's hard to figure out which is which. I think that this is sort of just a good reminder about like paying attention to our skin's needs and wants and, you know, changing up our products accordingly. And so we partnered with an iconic brand in the sensitive skin space, and that's Cetaphil. And they actually just went through a bit of a glow up with their formulations. So their most iconic products are now even more suited to today's sensitive skin needs. And our guest is actually one of their consulting dermatologists. It's Dr. Laurel Garrity, and she's a board certified dermatologist. And she works at the Dermatology and Laser Associates based in Oregon. And she's here to help us debunk the myths around sensitive skin. And fun fact, prior to her career in medicine, Dr. Garrity worked in New York as a beauty writer where she wrote articles about dermatology, health, and beauty for publications like the New York Times, Glamour, and Allure. So just ahead, you'll find out the five signs that you've got a sensitive skin problem on your hands versus, you know, an allergy or just dry skin. You'll find out the difference between sensitive versus sensitized skin. The fastest way to fix a flare-up. And finally, the right routine to keep sensitive skin calm, cool, and collected. Like, do you really need to ditch your exfoliator? So here she is. Welcome, Dr. Garrity. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, Dr. Garrity. And we're going to, you know, do a whole fun round of fact versus fiction, true versus false when it comes to sensitive versus sensitized skin. But before we get into all of that, how do you know if you are experiencing true skin sensitivity? What would you be feeling? What would you be seeing in the mirror when you're looking at your skin? Well, as a dermatologist, it's amazing to me that over 70% of people identify as having sensitive skin. That is huge. So a lot of us feel that we are sensitive by nature. And some of the signs of skin sensitivity that you might look for to determine whether you have sensitive skin are a feeling of dryness on your skin, a feeling of irritation that may involve a little bit of redness, 
There may be roughness that you either feel or that is visible. There may be a feeling of tightness, especially after cleansing the skin. If you step out of that bath or shower and you've got that tight feeling on your skin, like mine, my skin just craves moisturizer due to that tightness. That's another sign of skin sensitivity. And the last is a weakened skin barrier. So if your skin's looking, feeling weak, feeling fragile, it feels like it's cracking open and just seems a little more, more vulnerable. Those are some of the five signs of skin sensitivity that you can look for. That's helpful because I feel like, you know, there's a conversation out there about tolerance versus allergy. So I think it's important to distinguish like the difference, knowing if you're having kind of a reaction that's a sensitivity versus an allergy, which would look like what? Well, people often, our minds often go toward an allergy. Anytime we're having a skin reaction, we think, oh, I must be allergic to something. When in reality, irritation contact dermatitis, what dermatologists call irritant contact dermatitis is far more common than an allergic contact dermatitis. So you're more likely getting redness, irritation, rash, tightness, dryness, and roughness and a weakened skin barrier just from other things you're throwing out that are irritating your skin, but it's not a true allergy. True allergies are reproducible every time you apply some product to the skin, and it tends to be incredibly itchy. So dry skin can be itchy in and of itself. Eczema can be itchy. There are lots of reasons to have skin itching, but a hallmark of a true skin allergy is itching. And that may or may not be present with irritation dermatitis. So, But you can have a sensitive skin type, you can have a disruptive skin barrier, whether you're having an allergy or irritation. So a board-certified dermatologist can help you tease that out. But either way, you've got to restore your skin barrier. You've got to get back to really gentle cleansers, deep hydration, and kind of back away from those irritating products that we may be throwing at our skin. So, you know, if you've ticked off all of those boxes and you sort of identified that you do have skin sensitivity. Let's maybe clear this up because I feel like there is a lot of confusion around this. Sensitive skin is essentially the same thing as sensitized skin. Is that true or is that false? Well, I would say a little bit of both. I mean, we can be born with sensitive skin, right? For some of us, it is just in our genes. We tend toward having dry, sensitive, parched skin that's going to react to a variety of different products may show that tight, that feeling of tightness, that roughness, that irritation, that weakened skin barrier, or that dryness. But any of us can induce sensitivity to ourselves, regardless of where we start with our genetic makeup. So that's where we can run into trouble. So we may be born with it, but we can bring it out either in how we're caring for our skin, the habits that we're doing. Sometimes it's just from the weather. I know as beauty editors, you two have the occupational hazard of probably inducing an irritation on your skin regularly or sensitizing it just because you probably have to try a lot of products. I know that when I was a beauty editor at Glamour and Allure magazines, you know, I had to sometimes sift through 500 products in a week. And when you're testing that many products, your skin barrier is going to be compromised, especially if you keep washing it and getting ready to try the next thing. So we can sensitize our skin if we're using things that are too harsh, if we're scrubbing too much, if we're exfoliating too much, if we are using harsh anti-aging ingredients, for example, like retinols or glycolics. So some of us can tolerate those fine, but any of us can bring out sensitivity if we're overdoing it in any of those ways. So one of the things I rely on in my own work, you know, just and for my own self is products like Cetaphil's line to help restore that skin barrier, calm down that sensitization. Because if we're having the dryness, the roughness, the irritation, the weakened skin barrier, that feeling of tightness, 
that means we need a rich layer of hydration. And I love that Cetaphil's core products have been around for decades, right? I remember using them as a college swimmer when I would induce, I would sensitize my skin just because I was in the chlorine for hours every day for practice. And I'd have to get out and I'd start slathering up with the Cetaphil moisturizing cream and that would calm my skin barrier and restore the hydration. And those same great products are out today, but they have updated them, you know, updated those great classics that we know and love to kind of add some new ingredients that are really derm backed. So there's a derm back blend in a lot of the new Cetaphil moisturizers that combines vitamins, vitamin B3, which is niacinamide, which when we apply that to the skin has a very calming, soothing effect. It's got B5, which is panthenol, and that has a really hydrating and softening effect that helps trap moisture against the skin to really restore the skin barrier. And it's got glycerin, which is a dermatology favorite humectant that helps keep the skin soft and supple. So it's great that we can rely on these classic products to restore a sensitized barrier, or if we just have naturally sensitive skin, we can turn toward those products to help keep our skin healthy, soft, and feeling great. I feel so seen as a beauty editor because (laughs) I know so many, myself included, when I first got the keys to the beauty cabinet, it was like, I mean, it was like getting the keys to the booze cabinet. It was just a complete like too much, too soon. So yeah, I totally get that. And I do feel like germs just always the first thing they're going to hand you is Cetaphil, which is why we've got you on the line today for our phone of friends. So let's move on to our next true or false question. True or false, only Caucasian people have sensitive skin and skin of color is unlikely to suffer from sensitivity. False. Skin sensitivity crosses all racial lines. Any of us could be prone to sensitive skin by nature or to sensitize our skin through our bad habits or weather or our exposures. So anyone can have sensitive skin regardless of our skin color, ethnicity, or background. And then you kind of touched on it there, but when we're talking about sensitized skin, it's caused by our own bad skincare habits and perhaps triggering foods you eat. Is that true or false? say definitely by our habits and sometimes by food. I think we're so interested in the correlation between diet and our skin, and that's an ongoing area of active exploration always. Dermatologists want to know, we all want to know, hey, what am I eating that's contributing to things? So I regularly, as a dermatologist in my practice, will have patients say to me, hey, I notice when I eat a lot of sugar, my skin gets worse. Or I notice if I eat this, my skin will, my eczema will flare up or this or that, and they'll, or their breakouts, whatever it may be. So some people notice those correlations and they see that pattern for themselves. But as a broad category, it's hard to say, you know, this food causes this in everybody or this food causes this in everybody because there's so much variation in who we are. What's our genetic makeup? What's our skin type? What skin conditions are we prone to as individuals? So I find it highly variable and there's no strong, you know, hey, this applies to everybody as far as diet. So I think with our health and certainly with our skin, it just makes good sense to not make ourselves crazy, right? By eliminating some major food group or or category of food. I think it's good to just use common sense. And that might be fruits and veggies, lean proteins, whole grains, kind of having a balanced diet and enjoying those delicious treats in moderation. Yeah. I definitely see that in myself. Like I have mild rosacea, but like hot sauce, I just can't quit you. And I know it's my skin go red, but there's something about it that's just so good. And so you just have to watch that. Life is too short. Sometimes you got to go for it. Yeah. So now you've kind of figured out whether you're causing the problem yourself or whether you were born with it. Let's talk about some solutions. True or false, if you have a sensitive skin flare up, you know, burning, itching, the rest, 
The best thing to do is nothing. Basically do a skincare detox. True or false? Partially true. I think it's good to back away from the medicine cabinet as far as anything that could be irritating. So no retinols, no irritating serums, no glycolic acid, alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids. All of those are potential irritants that are just going to throw a little fuel on those flames. So what we do want to do, though, is be aggressive at restoring our skin barrier. So that means we need to gently cleanse the skin once a day or possibly twice a day with a very mild cleanser. Acetophil hydrating cleanser is a classic for that. It will actually help to remove any dirt, makeup, bacteria, impurities on the skin, but it's not going to dry us out. And in fact, it may help to hydrate the skin. So really mild cleansers. And then dermatologists love to talk about the soak and smear technique, where after you bathe, you step out of that bath or shower, you pat dry, or even if you're just washing your face, you pat dry. That is the moment to grease up with a rich hydrating lotion or cream. So you want to look for ones with those soothing ingredients like niacinamide, like panthenol, like shea butter or avocado oil, glycerin. All those things can help restore the skin barrier, get your skin back on track, and just leave it soft and supple once again. And sometimes it takes a few days to compensate. I know that when I overdo it with my retinol cream on my neck, for example, you know, it might take me two or three days to calm it down just with aggressive hydration using non-fragranced hypoallergenic products that are really designed to soothe and hydrate the skin's barrier. Versus doing nothing, which would probably, it would just take a lot longer. It'll just provide it. out. Yeah, yeah. you got to compensate. So yeah. when your skin's crying for help, give it the help it needs through lots of moisturizer. <laughs> Okay. And this is a something I've always wondered about. So true or false, it takes two to four months to fully repair your skin's barrier. That might depend on the person and what you have going on. So I don't think it takes that long at all. I think a lot of products, I mean, Cetaphil does a ton of clinical testing. They've proven that some of their products can help restore the skin barrier within a week with continued use. And I think sometimes it's even faster if we're not in a state of sensitization, if we don't have super dry or eczema-prone skin. So I don't think it takes that long at all. Sometimes it's 24 or 48 hours. And certainly some products are built to last through that time as well. So it's not a month-long project or a two-month-long yeah. project. <laughs> That's encouraging. We want fast results over here. Absolutely. We need <laughs> results now. Yeah. Now, I think I I know the answer to this next one, but I'm curious your take on it. So true or false, no frills formulas are best for sensitive skin. In other words, you're looking for, you know, minimalist formulas with short ingredient lists more than you're looking for, you know, these kind of frou-frou formulas packed with like 16 different botanicals that promise to soothe your skin. True or false? You know, from the dermatologist's point of view, we're not so much focused on the number of ingredients on a product list. We are focused on what are those ingredients. And so the average consumer or person out there doesn't need to study an ingredients list, in my opinion. And, you know, if you're really interested in that, go ahead and go for it because you can find, look for what's really good for you. But I think dermatologists are interested in what is going to be fragrance-free, what is going to be hypoallergenic. It's not going to cause a skin allergy. What formula is going to be non-irritating? What formula is going to really restore that skin barrier? Has those good ingredients like a derm back blend with niacinamide and other wonderful soothing ingredients? Those sorts of ingredients are proven to soothe and restore the skin barrier. So we're more interested in really mild, gentle ingredients. I will say dermatologists can be a little averse to a lot of botanicals on the list. I definitely agree with that. The reason being is that we think, oh, it comes from nature. It's all plant-based. It's it's organic. How wonderful is that? But the reality it's is- to be our, gentler, right? <laughs> what some people, right? That's the thought process. It's and natural. That's not it's the reality. Gentler. 
Yeah. Mm. I know that's what so many people think. And they feel, you know, we feel like we're being virtuous, right? Like, oh, this comes from nature. It's got to be good for me. But guess what? Poison oak and poison ivy are 100% organic and natural. And that does not mean our skin likes them. So a lot of botanic, when I see a lot of botanicals on the list of any product, I become wary. And the reason is because that's what we tend to react to the most. Botanicals are often more allergenic than some of the, you know, some things that come from nature are wonderful. The shea butters, the avocado oil, the coconut oil. There are different things that come from nature that do a great job for our skin, but it doesn't mean our skin's going to like it just because it's all natural. So for the next true or false, we're wondering, you should avoid exfoliating and only wash your face at night if you have sensitive skin, true or false? I don't think we need to avoid exfoliating. I just don't think we need to exfoliate all the time. I think the amount of times in a month or a week that we need to exfoliate can be very individual. Some people with sensitive skin types might choose to do a little light exfoliant every day with oily skin types or blemish prone. They may be able to tolerate that every single day and that may feel fine and normal to them without causing irritation or without sensitizing the skin. People with a drier skin type or a combination skin type, we just don't need to be rubbing or scrubbing or exfoliating every single day. Maybe once a week is enough or maybe twice a month is enough. For me, as kind of a somewhat sensitive skin type or a combination skin type, I exfoliate twice a month, and that's plenty for me. So I think when people feel the compelled to be using harsh scrubs every day or a harsh exfoliating product like a glycolic or alpha hydroxy acid, beta hydroxy acid kind of product on the regular, that's where we can sometimes run into problems with irritation, sensitivity, a weakened skin barrier, tightness, dryness, all those things. So I think our bodies, our skin will tell us what feels right. If we're starting to look a little dull, we've got a little buildup, hey, maybe it's time for an exfoliation, whatever that may be. But I don't think we should feel the need to do it all the time or every day because our skin typically does not need that. I do think it's good to wash the face at least once a day, maybe at night. Some people wash their face twice a day and some people only do it once and that's enough for them. I do think it's more important to cleanse the skin at night, in my personal opinion, because that's at the end of the day when we may have a little residual makeup or product or sunscreen or whatever it is on our skin. That's what we want to get off. But in the morning, if you haven't put on much other than moisturizer the night before, you may not need another harsh cleanse. So we talked about the importance of cleansing and moisturizing when it comes to sensitive skin. I want to circle back because you also talked about sun protection. So true or false, mineral sunscreen is best for sensitive skin. I agree with that statement. Some sunscreen ingredients can cause irritation or allergies. So dermatologists every day see people who say, I just can't find a sunscreen I tolerate. They all make me red or irritated or have a reaction. So that's real. Some of those sunscreen ingredients can be irritating or cause sensitization to the skin. So the mineral-based products are, the mineral-based sunscreens have zinc oxide and titanium dioxide, one or both of those good ingredients. They are the most gentle, soothing ingredients available. So for sensitive skin types, I think they're the best. So they're not going to make the skin irritated, red, have a reaction. That would be far less common with those because really they're just crushed up minerals. So very, very mild for the skin. But the reason mineral sunscreens are not embraced fully by everyone is because some of them can leave a little bit of a chalky cast where you have to kind of rub them in. Um, So you got to work them in. You don't want something to feel like glue on your skin. So it's important to feel to find a nice mineral-based formula that's lightweight, that blends invisibly. Maybe it has a little tint, maybe it doesn't, depending on what you're looking for. So finding that formula that feels good to you is critical because if we don't like our sunscreen, we're not going to wear it, we're not going to reapply it, and then we're left exposed to ultraviolet damage. To me, sunscreen is like 
brushing teeth should be an automatic habit every day of our lives, even if we're just going to be five minutes here, five minutes there, because it's all cumulative sun exposure that damages us. Thank you so much to Dr. Garrity. And if you want to learn more, you can follow Dr. Garrity on Instagram. Maybe Dr. Garrity, you can provide your handle where people can find you. Yes, I'm at Dr. Laurel G on Instagram or Dr. Laurel on Facebook. Awesome. And then you can also follow Cetaphil on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook to continue to learn more about the new and improved formulas. So thanks, everyone. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Carlene. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday.